Last week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we watched season three, episode five, Poldark. In that episode, Ross and the gang, they went to go save Dwight from the French army. Uh, they went to spring him free along with some other prisoners, his buddy Armitage. And along the way, Ross lost his close friend and our dear friend, Captain Henshaw. Rest in peace, buddy. Uh, the whole mission was a success. They got Dwight out of there. And it undermined George's efforts to smear Ross's name uh, as a potential nominee for Parliament. And uh, he was not happy about that. But we'll follow up on that and more this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. And... We're back once again. Poldark Season 3, Episode 6. How's it going, Corey? It's going okay. How about you, Dave? It's good. It's hot. Dude, it's hot and it's humid. Uh, just sweating up a storm. Before before we hit record, Dave, you were saying you're putting in your air conditioner finally? I've avoided it. You know, I've been lucky. I've been on a couple of trips. I've been away for the weekend. Most of the, you know, most nights I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I can deal with, like, Low 70s, but I think tomorrow is the day. We're supposed to get a thunderstorm tonight on the East Coast, which hopefully does not interrupt this recording, but tomorrow I think we're 90s, and I can't go sleeping in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, there's no one who's a bigger fan of saying the expression, tonight I'm going to sleep like a baby than you, Dave. You always say when the, then the breeze hits just right in the evening, you're like, tonight I'm going to sleep like a baby. Now, how have you been sleeping for the past few weeks? You ain't sleeping like a baby. I mean, if it's in the like low 70s, high 60s with a breeze, yes, I am. So that's a grown baby you're sleeping as, then? An adult, yes. Okay. <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> but when it is hot right. and kind of gross and sometimes uh, I'm not sleeping well. Okay. Was that a sweat rag? <laughs> this, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I have to close. When we record, I know some, some of our listeners may have noticed that my audio has been a little inconsistent on my end over the past few weeks. It's because... Every if I open the window, the sound gets messed up. If I turn the fan on, the sound gets messed up. So I have to basically shut myself in a room with all crank the exits heat up to ninety eight. You know, I'm like old boy in here. Like I'm going crazy. I got everything sealed up. Uh, yeah, it's it's quite a visual for people. So who yes, it is a sweat rack, and I'm wearing a hat inside and with backwards hat. So I my mm. you know next week is going to be like a Hulk Hogan bandana. My, my trick is just to never lift the shades. I pretty much just live the summer <laughs> with the shades down entirely. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, I yeah, desperately without sunlight except when I'm out in it. But anyways, they announced the Emmy nominations today, Dave. They did. And and usually I get on your case because you're like, oh, man, get excited. The Crown and all these shows we got watched got nominated. This year, though, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Gilded Age completely snubbed, not a single nomination. That that's I didn't even notice that. I didn't even think. Is it in contention? One hundred percent. It came out in January, February of this of this year. I don't know what their timetable is, but I, that's well, insane. It's from like last summer to this summer. Um, okay. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, it's not bad. It's just puzzling to, to me. Like this no, show. I think, I think bad is the right word. Okay. I mean, it, it is like. It's awards bait in a lot of ways. It's an entertaining awards bait, but you know, like when a show like this comes on a period drama, that it's just a shoe in for several awards or at least nominations, and to see it completely get shut out is kind of it's pretty shocking. And just to really kind of hone in on this, you'd think when you look at that show, what's the one thing you think it'd be a lock for, Dave, in terms of nomination? Um. I don't know exactly how deep the care the categories go. Is there a costume design? There is a category specifically for period costumes. Okay. And so the five nominees are the Marvelous Miss Maisel, which just I, I didn't even realize it came back. It just keeps getting nominated. The Great on Hulu. Uh, okay. Is that the, the Oh yeah, the, I think I've seen an ad for that. The The Great is the show on Hulu with the the Fanning sister. Mm-hmm. Um 
the first lady, which was apparently a show that about the first ladies on Showtime that existed. Yeah, um, Viola Davis, right? And and yeah, yeah. So there, there, it's some kind of period there. Bridgerton, which doesn't even take place in a period. It's a fantasy show. Uh, and then Angeline, which is a recent show on Peacock that only takes place, I think, in like the yeah, in, in last century. Pretty recently, it's not even that old, but. Gilded Age completely shut out of the costume. It's shocking about Bridgerton because I feel like Bridgerton is a. We've heard it on our end from some some of our fans that were critical of us for choosing to cover that. One of the mm-hmm. things that kept coming up was that it's not a period piece, like you right. just said. It's not from a, an era. It, it's sort of fantastical, you know, kind of like the yeah. pro wrestling world's period piece, where it's not quite real, but it's not quite fake. Right. So they do have a fantasy and sci-fi costume category. Uh, which like something like The Witcher uh, got nominated for, which I feel like isn't too far flung, all things considered, from Bridgerton when you compare Bridgerton to the real world mm-hmm. in terms of what could happen. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, what we do in the shadows for that and stuff. Like, I, man, the, it's all a sham. And I'm, I'm sure Julian Fellow somewhere is crying into his pile of cash that his show didn't get nominated for anything. It's all, Maybe there's too many French people on the board who do decide these awards. <laughs> it's a hit job. Uh, they they came for Julian finally. Uh, I mean, even if you go to the Gilded Age uh, IMDb page, there's only two nominations recorded. One is for Best Achievement in Decor by the Set Decorator Society of America. They, they know what they're talking cool. about. Talking about, I'm sure. And then the Black uh, the Black Reel Awards for Television uh, for Audra McDonald. Uh, so, and we all know uh, was it Audra. It's not Peggy, she, but it's her mom. Peggy's mom, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dorothy Scott, yeah. So, shout out to the the Black Reel Awards and uh, the Set Decor Society of America for recognizing the Gilded Age. That's right. The real <laughs> award shows, not these paid-off ones. Sham ones that just nominate the crown whenever it just appears. I mean, Stranger Things Season 4 was nominated for Best Season of TV, which just aired. And, uh, look, I like Stranger Things... Is it that much better than the Gilded Age? No, <laughs> they're pretty, hmm. pretty comparable. I'd even on a good day say uh, I'd like rather watch Gilded Age casually. Um, okay. Anyways, enough of that soapboxing. The one last thing I'll add though, Dave, is Added. Wimbledon. We'll Wimbledon took place over the weekend. Maggie Smith was there. She was in attendance. They got her up. Seven years old. <laughs> She's got two more movies in the can, man. She's still going. She had two more movies in the can, but she wouldn't take more Julian money. Well, I guess, you know, maybe that's a blessing because Downton 2 did so poorly that not having to pay her might be an incentive to make Downton 3. Yeah, maybe they save some, some cash there. Um, she's got to have the biggest So poorly, but it didn't do great. Yeah, yeah she got to have the biggest salary of that whole gang, right? Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. Exponentially um, speaking, like, like rather, you know, per line... She must be paid well, the most. She's the most acclaimed actress in the Downton Abbey universe. Mm-hmm. And then she's also the biggest fan favorite. So she's absolutely getting paid the most out of any of them, any of them there. All right. Well, but not enough to... Yeah. to, to she, got, she got Wimbledon's and, and tennis to go watch, man. She ain't got time for Downton anymore. Hey, she didn't <laughs> have time seven. for Downton when she was on Downton. <laughs> I'm on the same boat as people are about... Was it James Earl Jones allegedly coming back to voice Darth Vader? Like, let the man live his final years and have fun. Why does he kind of have to keep coming back to please people? Yeah, just get an AI to do uh, the Dowager Countess in the next one. <laughs> we won't know the difference. We won't know. Or we will know, but we'll be okay with it. Because that's the Star Wars has <laughs> taught us Dowager. anything. Yeah, we, can, we will be okay with it. All right, we need to get the poll dark. Yes. Season three, shock, six. shocking open to the episode. Tell me about it, Dave. We're not at the cliffs. No, we, we are at uh, the Trenwith, right? Uh, the, mm-hmm. the Poldark Banner. Yeah, that's right. And we're seeing George. And by the way, before we just let me go off topic one more time, he's starring in a new show, uh, George, Jack Farthing, uh, a show called Chloe. Uh, starring Princess Anne from The Crown, Aaron Doherty. Cool. And that's going to be streaming on Amazon. Just so you know, Amazon doesn't pay for any of this, but just so you know, 
if you want more George and you want Princess Anne from The Crown, there you go. That's that one's for free. That's a that's a free piece of advice. <laughs> All right, so what's going on at Trenwith? Okay. Toads, brother. Toads everywhere. That's right. I feel like this is much similar to last week's episode where not there's like three stories. Mhm. And they're all kind that kind of connected, but they're not nearly as exciting. Well, kind of, kind of towards the end it gets exciting, but not nearly as exciting as a, a jailbreak. Yeah. I mean, do we want to start talking about this Toads thing? Because I feel like that kind of is the crux of the episode. I feel like there's other stuff we could talk about first, right? Before we talk, so something before the Toads. What should we talk? We can just kind of touch base on the fact that Ross is um, gifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, pasture of of his families to the community as a, as a garden for the individuals who work on his mines. Yeah. There's really not too much that happens with this aside from the fact that Zaki says, like, shouldn't you save this for your children? Isn't this something that you'll want to give to them? To which Ross says, how much land does a man really need? And Right. The fact that George did not get involved in this situation was questionable, but I feel like we're a table setting for future stuff with this field. Because, yeah, I think as he says, it borders on George's land or it's it's part of what George oversees a little bit. Or I didn't quite get that. Maybe I missed it, but... Okay. Because I was thought only... you mentioned something about having to talk to George about land and stuff like that, but... Maybe not. Maybe. Anyways... Uh, there's quite, there's fire trucks going on outside if you can hear that because someone's, someone's land is on fire I guess uh, yeah. but either way uh, Ross does this to help the people because they're short on food and hard times for them so he's helping them out with that yes good guy Ross and he continues to be a good guy with his buddy Dwight yeah so Dwight yeah this is a pretty simple plot to tackle it's pretty important but it's, it's, it's simple mm-hmm. Dwight is uh, having some real trouble, and not just the the scars and warts and stuff on his face from from the war. How long do you think before we see those go away? I was thinking that. I said, this, Caroline is a great character, and mm-hmm. and she's shown in this episode that she really does love the man. But can a society woman have him as a husband when he looks like that? <laughs> scabs on the side of his face. Well, I don't. Scabs is the wrong word. Those are like. Scars, that's like scar tissue, but maybe grow back the beard. Some people look better with beards. Yeah. I feel like they've they've gradually dialed back Ross's scar throughout the the seasons, like where you almost forget that it's even there. Um, but I think we predicted this. So he has PTSD. So he's having trouble connecting with Caroline. He's just keeps thinking about the the war and being a war prisoner. Um, for some reason, I don't know what possesses Caroline. In some one moment, she puts her hands over his eyes and says, "Surprise!" And then he's violently like, like shook, like, "What are you? What, what's going on?" It's like, yeah, why would you crying? Think, <laughs> yeah, why would Caroline think that's a fun thing to do with a man who has just been in, in prison for months and months? And and when he brings up the notion of reenlisting when he's healed, she's like, "Why?" This is yeah, where man. you're okay. You know, you're safe. Don't you want this? And he's like, he, he's, he can't get the words across to her Mm-mm. for most of the episode. He shook. And these two feel like this sort of two people that are both in the right, but they're both in the wrong for not being able to finesse their way to the right side. It's, it's very upsetting. Right. She she needs to develop a level of understanding to meet him somewhere in the middle, and he needs to understand that she's there for him. Yeah, and, and um, he needs to give her the exposition as to why he is this way. Yes, he, he needs to, to dump it to her to be like, I saw some stuff over there. They put hands over my eyes, and I got terribly <laughs> All surprised. Freak, frequently, the French were playing pranks on me. <laughs> they pull my underwear up over my eyes, and I'd get scared. Uh that's Dwight for you. Um, but, but the thing that made me laugh is Ross catches wind of this. I think, was it Caroline tells him about it or something? Um, and he's like, I know how to help this. I got this. And then he runs away. <laughs> he, he literally runs away. And then he shows up 
with Armitage. And quite literally, he's like, all right, here's Armitage. Have a good day. And then we see Ross grinning to himself, like chuckling to himself as he walks off. But like, Car- Caroline's like, "Why? what is the purpose <laughs> of this? And Ross is like, <laughs> Ross is like, you'll see. And, and she looks leaves. completely distraught, and he's just having a little laugh to himself. Meanwhile, Dwight and Armitage are probably just, they're just like crying pretty much. And Ch- Ross is just like, it's just par for the course here. And, and Caroline is, so this this was one of those things that I thought could have gone <laughs> in some very strange Julian Fellows plot. Where Caroline sees Ross bring this like handsome man, and then all of a sudden... Dwight is smiling ear to ear and like hugging this man and holding his hand and and bonding over their shared experience of the war. And Caroline is like out of earshot thinking Dwight was gay. <laughs> out of nowhere. Well, I was. Well, the I mean, we, we do know that they didn't, you know, their relationship has not been very physical, so it wouldn't be totally out of the question. But, nah, but I, I just chalk it up to them having an, an intense bond, as they say. Like, oh, no, no, no. The thing the episode, I just said this could have gone if if Julian wanted oh, to play okay. that game, that would be sure. where Caroline is like, "Do you love him more than you love me?" And then Dwight would be like, "No, we both watched people get murdered in front of us." And then Caroline would go, "Oh, okay, but thankfully, we did not yeah. go there." I thought it was on the table. There, there, I thought it would have been there. Would have been a scene where like uh, he tries to brush something off Dwight's face or try to get uh, you know take care of his scar and it looks like they're kissing from the side or something like oh, that. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thought was going to happen. But it is mm-hmm. funny that that Armitage and Dwight have a very like intense conversation, but they never seem sad about it. I think it, I I don't know much about PTSD in general, so like I think it, they just need someone who can relate. That's yeah, what they're really yeah. seeking for. I'm also um, shocked Armitage. that this comes as a surprise to Caroline or Ross or Dwight. Why not call out to your cellmate, you know, who you broke out of prison? Yeah. Right. I I don't know. Armitage looks like a vampire, by the way. He has such pale skin and that curly hair. Dude does not see much daylight. So maybe he's he's been looking for a friend to talk to, like like Dwight again. Maybe. Um, I just want to know what Ross's went through. Went through where he can just. Drop off Armitage like a like a babysitter like a, like a, he's just dropping off the kid for the day, and just laugh to himself. Ross, you devil, you you did it again. He's like, I saved him from prison. Let's save him from post traumatic stress disorder. It's like, has Ross been there? Has he gone through the PTSD? I mean, do we know he what was he a prisoner? He definitely saw some stuff in the war. Yeah, he's been held captive a, a time or two. I'm sure. Well, there, I think uh, there's a reason that. Francis wound up marrying Elizabeth, and it's because they presumed Ross was dead. So maybe he was a prisoner. Well, he was just recovering from his injuries. That's what it was. Remember, because he was like knocked out and stuff. Oh, so yeah. So either way, he suffered in the war. Yeah. And, and so uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with uh, Dwight. But he does he does talk to Caroline at the end of the episode, and they do reach like an understanding. Like I'm going to have to work through this, just so you know. I may not be the same. And she's like, "It's fine as long as you love me, brother." And I think she says the line where she's, I, I forget exactly how she words it, but she says, so are you over this? And he's like, yeah, no, I just got back a week but, ago, but I'm taking steps. I think it was a sweet little moment where I think yeah. we're, we do see how uh, Caroline is privileged and her privilege comes out in different ways. Yeah, she has limited understanding of, of common folk and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I kind of I, I could have uh, used maybe Ross just peering around the corner there and just chuckling to himself like I did it, <laughs> fixed it. Yeah. Uh, no more. Ross is like I, I don't do suffer. Con- <laughs> yeah, I'm all good. I don't go on these uh, like life or death missions on a whim just to save people that are like tertiary friends, you know. And, and that's a good transition, Dave, because early on in this episode, uh, Drake Karn asked Ro- uh, Ross. Are you done with the dairy do ways of, of you know risking your life? And Ross is like, never again. And he rides off on his horse. Horse, and I thought it was so great when Demel's is like, I've heard that one before. <laughs> He's always just risking his life for whatever reason. Yeah, but you know who's risking his life for a weird reason is uh, Drake putting these toads in the in the pond at Trenwith. Yeah, he's just 
pranking George by putting all those toads out there to wake him up in the middle of the night because they, they ribbit a lot. Yeah, yeah. Now, Dave, you grew up living next to a pond, across the street from a pond. Yeah. Did you ever wake up to the sound of toads? I never, I, I mean, I think I didn't, know, birds more than toads, but never, never I don't mm-hmm. think that's a huge thing there. But the forest okay. in our hometown that I that I run and hike at, if you go there early in the morning, it's like un, unavoidable, the sound of toads and frogs. Yeah. And so, does that irritate you? No, I'm not, George. No one put them in my <laughs> pants in school. <laughs> so, so that's what we find out is George is really irritated, and we can't understand why that's the case. And at one point, it comes out in this episode that, yeah, Drake admits to doing that. And they're like, why is he so disturbed by this? Which To which Ross admits that he used to shove him down his britches as a child. Well, we see that George is like, well, George tells Tom Harry, basically he tells him he's going to fire him. He says, you can't even get, mm-hmm. take care of the toads. And then the next week it happens again. And he says, you got to take care of these toads, Tom. And Tom is like, yeah. I did. These are different toads. They were just put in there. And then George just goes, this is Ross. This is Ross. He's got a vendetta against me for toads. And then later, <laughs> we find out that Ross put him in, a, in his britches. Right, because we were like, why would George just assume Ross is so petty to, to unleash toads on him to terrorize him? Like he just, and they, I think even Elizabeth says, he just like saved people's lives. Why would he just come back <laughs> to do that? Seems a little bit small game for him. But <laughs> It's pretty funny. I, yeah, I didn't realize that Ross and George were that close as children to, to where he terrorized George at all with the, the toad thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I think, doesn't he say that like Francis was in on it too? Yeah, it almost like colors it like to think like, wait, was Ross like a bad kid at one point? And George was like, he wasn't maybe great, but maybe he was, the way he is today was informed by how Ross was around him as a child. I think Did there's Ross some of that. George? Well, I think that, Ha, well, George's father is the one who got the money because sure. they always bring up yeah. the fact that George's grandfather was a blacksmith. So I mm-hmm. think George getting like a rocket strap to the upper class definitely made him who he is. But yeah. at the same time, Ross, who is a born Poldark, who is a society man by blood, bullying him definitely contributed even if it wasn't good fun. And it, we don't find out that, you know, maybe George was calling Ross and Francis names and that's why they did it. You know, there's no context. But yes, Ross created, mm-hmm. Ross is partially to blame for George's behavior. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as you're saying, Dave, that they need to catch this this toad man because mm-hmm. George cannot deal. So Tom Harry is on the job. And... Jeffrey Charles catches wind of this because they're all sitting at the table Mm -hmm. and they're going to do something about it. So Jeffrey Charles and even Aunt Agatha is aware of what's going on. So they're like, oh, wait, they need to notify Drake and Ross and them to to save them. Mm -hmm. Well, he doesn't know it's Drake, right? Because he asked him later, did you do it? He just just assumes it's Drake because he's always with Morwenna and they're always giggling about the toads or he always has toads around him. Wait, who doesn't assume that it's Drake? Well, Jeffrey Charles doesn't know it's him explicitly because he asks later in the episode, did you do the toad thing? And Drake tells him, maybe. Yeah, but, you know, he knows it was Drake. They've done it before. Yeah. His child friend knows. Yeah. So Jeffrey Charles, he he rushes to tell them. And it's in the evening and Drake is getting out there with the toads. And was it Demelza? She she catches wind. Yeah, she tries to intercept this. Yeah, she's like, don't tell Ross. I, I I can go take care of this. We don't need him to dairy do again, especially with the whole George being part of this whole thing. And Drake is uh, was saved by Demelza, pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. She's like, get out of here. Tom Harry's right there. And, he, and then he looks up, and there's the guy, you know, there's Tom Harry with the gun. And they knock him out. Well, they almost do. He, he throws a club uh, at uh, Drake, which hits him in the back. Mm hmm. He's already injured then, back. Yeah. And then Ross shows up to strike him <laughs> down. He, yeah, Ross, again, good to see you. You wish it wasn't in the middle of the night this this week's 
fisticuffs, but you know they all see. avoid being seen. To which poor Tom Henry, Tom Harry gets another chewing out by George. Yeah, because he he tried his best. Um, and we're we're totally also skipping over the fact that at the beginning of the episode, Ross does go to to visit. Uh, oh, and uh, Agatha. Agatha, but he doesn't know that uh, that Elizabeth and George are home. Mm-hmm. And, and they when assume he, it's Tom Harry who's knocking at the door so violently. <laughs> they don't well, know it's, it, it, it's one of the strangest uh, sequences where I believe it's more when is like, oh, they're here. And Ross is mm-hmm. like, I got to go on Agatha. I'll see you. And then he takes off and we see George stand up and he goes, what was that? Like he senses Ross and that's when yeah. he notices the toad. So maybe he has like a Ross sense. Maybe, potentially. Uh, and it's it's so they really do make you hate George though because he just goes back to bed he's eating strawberries with, yeah with, with, with Elizabeth. Elizabeth and then he's like hopefully this war goes on for another 20 years we're tripling our profits right now it's like god you suck so much man <laughs> but uh yeah Ross is you know he's like well I can't keep coming around here I gotta, I gotta go especially now <laughs> yeah so, uh, we, we, I feel like we're glossing over a lot of things because there's a lot of little notes in this episode. Like, Mr. Zachy Martin, he's the new mine captain. Yep, and we, uh, Henshaw. And we have to we have to admit that we were wrong. We have gotten a shot of Henshaw's grave. We said we would ne- I said we would never see it again. We see it the very next episode. It is in a location yeah. where I think we're going to see it every time we see yeah. Little Grace. It's hard to get rid of it. Or unless it keeps sinking. It just keeps sinking into the ground until... Yeah, the mine is actually anymore. a swamp. That's why it's not the most profitable. <laughs> it's a bog. Um, but yeah, George is confounded that Ross is, is, is visiting. And he like he kind of makes an illusion that he's he, like this is Jeffrey Charles' fault. Uh, and because Marwena admits to you know them coming to visit. But... Uh, yeah, man, Ross, Ross lives to see another day. He doesn't get caught out there. Yeah, but we see that that they try to blame Jeffrey Charles, but then they shift the blame to Morwenna, and Morwenna passes it off like, it's it's Poldark, he's a Poldark, so she gets yeah. away for this one. And we should say, though, like, uh, well, let's just keep going to on, on this uh, the storyline, because, yeah, George sets that trap to, to get uh, Drake, and uh, we know that Drake and Morwenna are, uh, they're not in, in good standings right now. Mm-mm. Because the war, you know, on Agatha warned Morwenna last week, stay away from him. You've got to break this off. This is bad. And Drake is the one who shows up again. Yeah. He's like, you're marrying some guy? You're supposed to marry some guy? And she's like, I mean, not really. She hasn't committed <laughs> yet. Yeah, nothing's official. So he gives her a smooch. Mm-hmm. And he's like, can we do that again? And she was like, maybe. She's like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> and he gives her another smooch. I think she seems and to forget that even though her family is in, in dire straits, that her family name is important. I like mean, when you're in love, what do you care? Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I feel like she she hasn't held that over George at all, even though George yeah. is constantly holding all of the things she does wrong over her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, they they you know when she's admitting to Ross coming over, they they tell her like this is terrible for you. You can't keep doing this. You know, year two. I don't know what they they just don't approve of any of it. And then afterwards, they're like. She took that pretty well. It's like, yeah, she she doesn't care, man. <laughs> She's a kid, yeah. What does it matter? Does she really want this job? I don't know. Yeah, so... But... Also, what's happening is in this sort of Aunt Agatha silliness, uh, George lays down the law that Jeffrey Charles has got to go to boarding school. Yeah, enough of the enough of the waiting around, and this boarding school is going to be at least a two week trip to get to. 
Mm-hmm. So this is no elegant situation for him. This is not just, I'm going away tomorrow. This is, a, I'm going away, and I'm going to be gone for a long time, and I'm going to have to be basically a month travel to even yeah. be involved, you know, to get back here. And you know this is just teeing up that Jeffrey Charles will jump five years in age by the time we see him again. <laughs> this kid actor isn't here for long. That's a shame because I like this Harry Marcus kid. He's got a lot of a pip. Yeah, he's got some spunk to him. Uh, but yeah, that 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 definitely comes up, and it, we're kind of juggling things around. But it's all kind of we're all getting, we'll wind up at the same destination. Yeah. So Drake shows up again, and he's like, "They they almost got me for those toads, uh, Morwenna." I'm so so glad that that didn't happen. She's like, "Can you can you take your shirt off? Show me your wound." Because, right, because he he mentions that he he got hurt a little bit, and so he does so, and then we see a, a massive bruise on his back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "That's fine." <laughs> She says, "I'm done. I'm gonna be done with this soon." And Ross and, and yeah. Ross is gonna hook us up with a little piece of land. We're gonna mm-hmm. be fine. Yep, it'll all work out. So I don't have to accept this Whitworth guy they're trying to hook me up with or anything. Mm-hmm. And who watches this whole thing go down? Tom Harry is peeping around the corner. It's Tom Harry, man. This guy, I, I'm I'm waiting for a real million dollar man Ted DiBiase and Virgil storyline here. He keeps getting he forced turns to, on George. I think he's turning on George. I think a Tom Harry, Harry. babyface turn is going to be, and we'll. And I, th- I think I'll tell. I'll, we'll talk about it when it come when I think it'll manifest. But I think yeah. that this guy is getting pushed to do things that I think he's starting to. He's digging in the mud, and and he's he, he's given too much face time and name time as Tom Harry. Sure. He's not just a goon. He's Tom Harry. Tom Harry. Tom Harry. Tom Harry. Yeah, it's I always think, full name. <laughs> I think I think Tom Harry. I'll call. I'll just call him Tom because we only have one in this show, only one mm-hmm. Tom. That's true. I think Tom is gonna up rise up at some point. We'll see. We'll see. I could. Yeah, that'd be fun to see. Um. But, anyways, though, uh, he's gonna come back with some information. We do get a brief moment where Aunt Agatha is gleaming about turning on hundred soon, and she wants her measurements. To prove out that she is the longest living pole dark of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she uh, wants a gown for her her hundredth birthday party. And yeah, so when she says she wants her measurements, George coughs, preferably for a coffin. And I, I thought that was actually a funny <laughs> joke on George's part. <laughs> yeah, George, George isn't often landing with his bits, but he does here, especially when no Uncle Gary to like yuck at his jokes. Yeah. Uh. So and that's where it comes up that Jeffrey Charles's Bible has been moved. It, it, well, J- Jeffrey Charles gives a gift to Drake, knowing that he's right. going to be going away to school, and and Drake is like, "You don't have to give me a gift. Your friendship is a gift. Your presence is a present." Mm-hmm. And and Jeffrey Charles says, "I'm rich. Like, this is for me to you." Yeah. And Little so does Tom he Harry know that he's, he's getting all these kisses from Morwenna on Jeffrey Charles's time. That's true. They're paying her to watch uh, Jeffrey Charles. Meanwhile, all she's doing is just stealing smooches. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Tom Harry comes knocking, and he goes searching inside of uh, Drake's uh, little hut that he lives in. Mm-hmm. And he comes out with a, a, a wrapped up thing, and he opens it, and it's a Bible. It's the Bible. Well, we see that George, um, is, or Elizabeth asks where the bible went she says I'm, I, mm-hmm. where's jeffrey charles's bible and george, uh, george is like oh didn't i think tom harry saw him run around with it or something along those lines george figures out where it is it was a yeah. gift to drake and that's when they send the goons over to get it and they find it and drake is like i didn't even open this thing i have no clue what it is and yeah oof, that's a nice bible yeah it looks really nice they really invested in those padlocks on the side of it mm-hmm there's sacred uh, words in there. But the, the value of it is upwards of 40 shillings, which would make it a capital offense for that amount, mm-hmm. meaning that Drake could get hung for this. Yep. So he gets taken away, and Ross is like, oh, no. We've done this before. 
And at this point, yeah. we get the most logical conversation we've gotten this whole season, where Demelza says, "You could have been a magistrate. <laughs> you could have put a stop to something like this." You ever do you think about that? And Ross is like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> I messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, 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 it's funny though. Tom Harry, good sleuthing though of like connecting. Like, okay, this guy's got a bruise on his back. He's probably the guy who got the the Bible from him. That this is all, you know. Because I he's threw the, the toad thing boy. at his back. Yeah. So, George, yeah, Drake is uh, locked up right now. And so Ross goes to plead with him. Yeah. And George is just not having it. But this is a really good scene, I thought. Yeah. Every Ross time these, these, these guys are, they, when they have a war of words, it's always, whenever they fight, George gets clobbered. But whenever they have a war of words, George gets up some barbs in that are good. And I like that the way the scene starts with George just reading some papers. Doesn't even bother to look up at Ross. And then Ross picks up a book and just starts to look at it too. Because <laughs> uh, they, they know they have to talk eventually. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Ross pleads the case of like, look, he's a Mormon. What is he even doing with this Bible? He says he's man? a Protestant, not a Mormon. He's a Protestant. <laughs> or a Methodist is what he says. A Methodist. Methodist, yeah. Yeah, what, what, what is he doing with this book and stuff like that? And George basically just says Jeffrey Charles was lured by Drake's sort of charisma and what what a Machiavellian plan to convince this kid to give over a a, a Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really got one over on him. Yeah, and he says that he convinced him to do it so that George or Drake would then sell the Bible. Yeah. <sighs> and then Ross says. Anyways. You're not very popular, George. I hate to tell you this. <laughs> and George is like, well, wh- who cares, man? And he's like, it would really stink if something like what happened at the end of last season happened again. And I wasn't there to stop the, the angry mob because and he's like, Ross is also at this point in time basically a war hero who just broke people out of prison in France. He's like a local legend. We see him walking around town getting handshakes and high fives and kissing babies and all this stuff. So Ross is like, I yeah. can't, I don't know if I'm willing to do this a second time, George. Because they will turn turn on you, bro. And and George is like, are you blackmailing me? And Ross is like, no, they will. And he's not, he's not really, he's asking to come to a settlement, which is a totally fair thing to ask for, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's also just telling him like, if you do this to Drake, Drake is connected to me. I'm not saying I'm doing anything, but the community knows who I am and, and you're toast, dude. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if that boy hangs, it'll be on your hands. Uh, so, well, George has an idea. Well, George has this idea very late. Mm-hmm. Because now, and, now, we, now we need to loop back to the beginning of the episode again to talk about the yeah. fact that old Ozzy Whitworth is sucking toes of, of dude la- loves to suck toes ladies of the night he look, look looks like john popper on the harmonica the way he's sucking <laughs> putting his mouth on those toes man toes and toes he, dude he's just slobbering on them like all over and, and like yeah. the, the the show makes a pointed effort to be like no this is his deal <laughs> it's not that he just likes women <laughs> and stuff he likes toes he's a footman <laughs> Man, what an episode! Toads and toes. Uh, so he he exits there after after doing that, and then Ross and That's Demelza. That's Ross and Demelza, and then he says it's his godly mission to to help the women who have fallen on hard times. And and Ross and Demelza are like, "Do you, man? We don't want nothing to do <laughs> with you." No, Ross is like, "Same here, brother," and just daps him. <laughs> hey. Uh, before I know what didn't he no George did George was a frequenter of of a lady of the night early on yeah uh, and this is not a thing that comes up in the, the conversation between Ross and, and George where like they they mention Morwenna with Drake and George disapproves of the gap and and Ross brings up well Elizabeth and you like you there's a bit of a gap there that's you, the status that's okay. gap yeah that's and yeah yeah yeah. Now, is that the part where he says, you know, like, you're not, you're not money? Yeah, that's basically where he says, like, your wealth is not, like, 
you're basically Bertha Russell. You you think you're, well, mm-hmm. you think you like got that old money? No, 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 no. You're you're new money. Just new money. Yeah. So, so anyways, this Whitworth guy is still expecting a response. And we get to a point where I think Elizabeth and George are over the whole. Or they're done with it, and they know they're not getting across, so they're willing to let it go. Mm-hmm. And then we see that Whitworth. I mean, George is still like, a little like annoyed, but yeah, it's not a fight worth having a dog in. Mm-hmm. And we see Whitworth comes over, and he's like, "Look, you gotta, you gotta do something now, or I let me out of this arrangement. I want to, you know." There are other fish in the sea with bigger toes. <laughs> yeah. But this is when George figures out how to get it all to click. He's going to have... Her. Well, we do see Whitworth around the house, by the way, which we get a good moment of Aunt Agatha looking over everything going on, and Whitworth is a little, like, spooked by seeing Aunt Agatha look down at him. Mm-hmm. And we see <laughs> him kind of too. peeping over the corner at uh, Morwenna, and she, like, runs away. Yeah. Do you think he wants to terrorize her toes? Oh, I think he does. <laughs> it's freak. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. So that's where George comes up with the idea that, and this takes place like off screen. I think when he convinces yeah, he uh, goes, Morwenna, but he goes Whitworth, Whitworth, give us five minutes. Yep. Morwenna has to marry Whitworth for them to free George. Now, if that's and not free Drake. Free Drake, rather. <laughs> now, if that's not some kind of schemery or illegal activity, I don't know what is, man. Blackmail. Uh, some, yeah, I guess that would be blackmail, maybe. And well, there was it. Ross is about to rally the troops. He's going to get Dwight. Actually, he gets Dwight to show up to be like, yeah, you Dwight and Armitage. He wants them to to be character witnesses for Drake. Mm-hmm. And then we see Drake coming over the pasture, like the happiest boy in the world. <laughs> All's good. And he says, I can't wait to go see more Wena. Thank God I'm a country boy. And uh, then who, who writes? Is there a, someone writes him a letter? Agatha writes a letter and hands it mm-hmm. off. And it's like, go to the church right now. Yeah. And they go there and more Wena's already wed to this Whitworth character. Already wed. It's like shotgun ceremony. He's already ceremony. stuck in the toe. He's, that, 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 he's already just on his knees. Yep. There's That's where he puts the wedding band. Couldn't help himself, that freak. Um, apologies to people who may be into that yeah, stuff. We're not king shaming anybody. No, but this character is but meant the, to be a goofy dunce, so we're allowed right. here. It's just the slobber knockery of it all. Oh yes. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's too late. Morwenna's uh, wed. Wed. Sold off. Yep. And that's how the episode and ends. It was. It was a shotgun wedding. Um, the only thing we didn't mention, I think, is was that there's a point where Sam says, oh, this is all my fault. <laughs> I shouldn't have let him fall for her and all that stuff. It's like, just, Sam, get, get a character. I thought the me. conversation between Sam and Demelza was very good. I was a big fan of that scene. Yeah. Where Sam is basically saying, like, yeah, but what is love if it's not for the right reasons? And Demelza's like, I'm alive. Can I have fun when I'm alive? And Sam's like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> De- Demelza, you know. Demelza is very realistic. She says, I'm, I'm only here for a short while. If I'm going to be there for a while, let me have fun while I'm here, and we'll work that out when we get there. And, and Sam even says, was it when they're trying to rally for Drake, like, let us pray, sister. It's like, God, come on, dude. Find, find something else to do. Find a new hobby, aside from yeah, prayer. For real. Yeah. Was this a good episode, Dave? It had its moments, but it wasn't my favorite. It was The plot was interesting, but I did find myself a little bored. Oh, I I was entertained throughout. I I I think the Toad stuff was pretty silly, but the way they wrapped it back around to this being a thing that uh, Ross terrorized them with as, as children. Yeah, I, I, I think I think I was really stressing out over the Caroline Dwight stuff, where I'm like, I just want her to understand, and that was such yeah. a chunk of this episode that I was like, it it made me like sit at the edge of my seat and feel uncomfortable for the two of them. That I I, I was a, uh, you know, so I, yes, it was a good episode, but it was not my favorite. I hate that I hate mm-hmm. a miscommunication in the show, just because I know it happens in real life. But having lived through something like that, not PTSD, but you know, where mm-hmm. you don't see someone's point of view until later, and then you're like, "Oh, I was such an idiot." You just want to get to that "I was such an idiot" moment. So yeah. Well, 
What are they going to do now? She's married to Whitworth, and God help her. God help feet. her. Yeah. All right. Well, we got power rankings, right, Dave? We do. Let's let's get to them. All right. Who do you got going down? I got Caroline at number three. Okay. She can't seem to understand what's going on with uh, Drake or with Dwight, uh, rather, and uh, just doing that peekaboo thing on her, him is just like, what are you doing, Caroline? Uh, is she gonna learn? She's she's just getting all up in her feelings. She's you know, her hormones are running wild and she doesn't understand. Yeah, I hope I hope they can learn. Um, and it's funny too because she even has the moment too where like, do you want to go to bed and. Dwight says, I don't want to sleep. And she's like, I, w- I didn't plan to sleep. And he's just like, I'm going to read. I got work to <laughs> catch me. up on. <laughs> yeah, which is funny. His work to catch up on back then is just reading about new medical theories, I guess. Uh, that would make sense. Uh, I also get confused with her house and George and Elizabeth's house. Every time we're in there, it's just like, wait, is this the same place? Or No, it's not. Not enough of a color differential. Yeah. Well, what's going down for you, Dave, at number three? Well, I got some ties on the downer ranking. So number three, it's a, t- okay. it's a tie between the Toads okay. and Tom Harry. Because these Toads right. are just trying to live their life, and they keep getting moved for a prank. They keep getting relocated or killed. <laughs> for what? And then poor yeah. Tom Harry, as I said, I think this is a this is a, a wrestling situation. And, and I didn't say it in the moment. That scene where Ross mm-hmm. tells George, the only thing that stopped that riot was me. I think this that might be the moment where we see Tom Harry switch sides when he goes, no, I'm I'm not with you, George. I can't stand for that anymore. Is the riot round two. It's true. So that's, yeah. Uh, Tom Harry just getting yelled at and pushed around and he's got to stalk people. Like, his job stinks. Yeah. Well. Well, number two, I got... Uh, Jeffrey Charles. The boy's about to be sent off to boarding school. He lost his Bible. Uh, he's losing Temporarily. his Temporarily. Yeah. His, his maiden is gone. Things are just not going too hot for Jeffrey Charles right now. Okay. That's fair. He's about to hit puberty. It's going to get real awkward. He's about, pro- he's about to probably get like exponentially more hunky too, I bet. Yeah, he just gets jacked Season up four, he's going to be like 25 years old and like it's going to be Chris Hemsworth playing him. Could be. Or one of, the, one of the other ones, Liam. It's going to be Liam Hemsworth. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, number two, well, I got, you had her at three. I have Caroline and I have Dwight because, like I said, the two of them really stressed me out. And it made me, and it, it's the two of them. I know that Dwight suffered more, but yeah. Caroline is, uh, you know, this miscommunication has got to stop. And I, hopefully it will. It ended on a level that they didn't make them the ultimate losers this week, but they're the middle losers. Mm hmm. Fair. No, that's entirely understandable. Well, number one, it's a tie. It's Morwenna and Drake. Uh, it's, I, it's just, I just gave it to Morwenna. Oh, really? Because Drake could have been hung, and he walks. That's true. He also has a nasty bruise on his back. His heart is broken now. Who knows what else is broken? But all the laughs. So. All the laughs that he caused with those toads. <laughs> he did get that over on George. You think if Johnny Knoxville uh, died, he would be sad? or? All the Look, the hammer of the episode is that them two being broken up by this sham of a marriage. So yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> they're they're going down for me. But at least he has his life, and I, I have a feeling this is not the end for them. But more, Wena has to have her toes sucked, probably. So, well, who's going up for you, Dave? Number three, I I, st- I started writing out Whitworth, and I said I can't mm-hmm. do this. I can't bring myself okay. to do this. I put Zachy. Nice, yeah, that's a good choice. One scene, we see him paying homage to his brother, you know, the Carl to his Lenny. Yep. Henshaw, and they say, you're you're the captain now. I didn't realize Henshaw had such an important duty over the mine. I know I thought he was just a boy who hung around with Ross all the time and just, you know, was like the second in command. I, and I guess he still is. But I didn't realize, like, how official of a role it was. I thought it was just, like, his name was Captain Henshaw. He wasn't an actual captain. <laughs> I always was under the impression that he was a military captain as well. Oh, okay. I thought it was just a boy with money, like a dude with money. No, that's, um, what's his name? The other guy, the older dude. Ross always hangs out with the same, like, curmudgeonly men, and and this one's the 40-year-old one, whereas the money guy is, like, 60. Yep. Well, for me, at number three going up, I got Armitage. This guy shows up, clutch spot, 
He reads some poetry to Dwight, makes him feel better. They're boys. He's also willing to go uh, go to bat for for Drake. This guy's a stand up guy. Yeah, all these people that Ross lines up to go to bat for Drake don't have to do anything. They're like, all right, we get to hang out, talk more. Yeah, have a little powwow, therapy session. All good, all good. So oh, I like this guy. He's a he's a true friend. Well, well number well, two, number two going up. I got Ross, the man himself. Okay. Because I think he's trying really hard in this episode, and he's not really the focus. So he's moving around. He's kind of wheeling and dealing in the background. He brings Armitage mm-hmm. to Dwight. He goes to see George and gives him, even if he doesn't win that situation, he does walk away knowing that he basically told George that a riot might erupt if he doesn't stop it. And yeah. he's also just like, basking in the glory of being a local hero at this point so he's really sort of and i think the thing about where they only put two scenes into it but this whole thing of giving his land to the the citizens it's meaningful huge thing and it's great to see demelza take the swig of ale away from ross when he's you know worked all day too and he doesn't get any of it Mm mm-hmm and for that reason he's not on my up list oh he couldn't get his ale Couldn't get his ale. He's, he looks profoundly disappointed by that, that DeMilza took the last sip. Uh, number two, you had him going down at number three. I've got number two. It's Tom Harry. This guy, he caught the toads. He pleads his case to George. George doesn't believe him. But then he catches the guy. He throws his, if it's not for him, with a great arm throwing that that stick or block of wood at uh, Drake's back. He wouldn't have found out that that was the guy. He peeped. He found the Bible. The guy did the work. He's Tom feet Harry's, on the ground. He is absolutely. He had to kill amphibians. He had to, uh, that was so good though. Do 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 we mention that how Ross is like? What are you accusing him of? He let an amphibians loose. What kind of amphibians? Toads. <laughs> I want their high school reunion. That's what I, I want. The next episode to be like in memoriam That'd the people great. we've lost in the past five years, and it's Francis. See who else went to school with them. Yeah, Toads. Well, who's number one going up for you, Dave? I, you know, I got to give credit where it's due. I think this is George's week. Okay. He he plays the cards with with Morwenna and Drake and Ozzy Whitworth totally mm-hmm. in his favor. And yeah. even though Ross gets the one up on him with the conversation about like the you know the riot, George holds the ground and basically said, "I want you out of my house." Sure. And, you know, this is, it's not even really his house, but he still manages to, like, hold that over. And he gets the familial connection that he wants. They're now married into Morwenna's family by association. And, you know, he doesn't seem to care. Like, he, hey, record profits. That is true. Record profits are, are the business is booming. Uh, but for me, number one, it's just Whitworth. He doesn't have the toad issue that George has to deal with. Or the frustration there. Whitworth just shows up, sucking toes, and he's married by the end of the episode. He's got people thinking that he's uh, helping the poor ladies of the town. I don't think he's got anyone thinking that. (laughs) None none at all. But you see him. He's slobbering over what he's got in Morena. Do you think this episode is... And and comparable to John Popper. Do you think this episode, playing this character in this episode of the show, is what made him become a hunk in real life? What did given the runaround? Uh, yeah, on, Christian on the Brassington. Yeah, the fact that he was played such a creepy doof in this episode. Do you think this was the the moment that oh, he sometimes started hitting the gym? I, I looked at this guy's Instagram. He literally has a before and after photo of this character and how he looks now because he knows that he he glo- he glowed up. He needed to because this guy uh-huh. looks like a toad himself on the on the show. So, well, good for kudos Christian. To, kudos to him. I, I'm curious to see, like, when we get to the next season of Poldark, if this is, like, if he's still here and if that's part of his character arc, is that he gets in shape, he, he wants to prove himself. We'll find out. I'm not sure. And if they it. do bring him back, they're going to have to be like, you may not recognize him, but this is Ozzy Whitworth. <laughs> yeah. So, super pumped for that. <laughs> yeah. But that is uh, this week on, on the show. Um, Dave, have you been watching any other TV? Uh, yeah, I did. I finished The Boys as as it ended. Oh, what'd you think of it, man? 
I thought it was it was a fun ending, you know. Okay. I think it got a little too marvelly when there's just people punching each other and blasting light beams out of their eyes and stuff like that. But I thought there was some uh, some genuinely good stuff and some surprises there. Yeah, and they definitely pulled their punches in terms of uh, what happens to some of the people by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit, but still very entertaining. And I'm, I want to see where it goes, and I just, I like how specific the commentary the political commentary is like it really goes all in on it it's so oblique <laughs> oh yeah there's not uh but it, it's so many different avenues of like well maybe i like this terrible monster man but it's like oh no he's still they're all still terrible you know there's no like yeah easy way out here all roads lead to bad people yeah. and i also so, so yeah yeah no continue on the boys before no, i was I gotta, gonna say to me, it's better than any of the Marvel shows that have been on. Thus far. Oh, for sure, <laughs> on Disney Plus, not even close. I know. I was at a I was at a wedding talking about uh, weird, you know, just catching up with some old coworkers, and and they said, "Oh, what what have you guys been watching?" And I said, "The Boys." And my one of my friend's husband said, "Oh, I love that show." To which my friend said, "I've never seen that show. What's it about?" And he said, "It's like superheroes, but it's really <laughs> messed up." And I was like. Oh God! It's like I rolled my eyes because it's like I right. fundamentally am so over that pair, you know, like that this phase that we're in between, yeah, Peacemaker and Umbrella Academy and Doom Patrol and this and all these, uh, the yeah, other, all Invincible, up. all these shows yeah. that are just like, you know, R-rated superhero stuff. But it's like I can't deny that The Boys is the best iteration of that. Yeah, that's true. So Dave, you, you're watching something else though. I am. So I'm a big fan of. Um, like I love watching like the circle at the gym. I need a good sure. like dumb show to watch at the gym. And uh, I, I started this one thing, and I would be like, okay, this will be perfect. On Netflix is called Snowflake Mountain. Are you familiar with this show? Not at all. I have not heard of it. So it's new. So it's these two like survivalists, an Afghanistan veteran and another guy, and they get I think ten uh, Gen Z rich kids into the wilderness and blow up all of their belongings and basically do this terrible reality show about trying to teach them to live off the land. And these people are unbearable, but there's something that's so addicting about it that I keep, well, I keep like I'm watching it outside of the gym. That's how you know it's good. That sounds not good. Yeah. That sounds like that early 2000s shows with like a 2000 show with Ted Nugent where he had a bunch of like, young millennials on there and one of them was like tequila tequila and stuff and he was just teaching them how to live off the land well it it's been it done is, before it is interesting because i think i'm halfway through so i think i think it's like eight or ten episodes or something like that and they introduced a new uh snowflake which is a phrase that i really don't like uh yeah. using and it's this girl and, and you start seeing these people that have been there for four episodes and you're like yeah, but they've gotten so tough. And you're, I'm like, what a minute, what am I doing? I'm siding with this like millionaire son and daughter that live in like London yeah. and New York City. It's absolutely trashy, but it's it's uh, it's very easy it's to consume. Yeah. All right, man. I'll I wouldn't recommend it to it. everybody, but if you like that kind of TV, it's that kind of TV. Noted. <laughs> what are you watching? Um, not too much. I've been pretty busy. I was watching some movies, but um been watching Irma Vep on HBO which I would not recommend to anyone I love it but it's like the audience that it has been made for is like an audience of like 50 people of like Mm -hmm. ultra like I don't even consider myself an ultra cinephile but you have to be really steeped in cinema culture to like appreciate pretty much anything that's going on in the show and I can't believe it's on HBO and it's getting like a push when like the show is not made for mass consumption whatsoever with uh, Alicia Vikander and uh it's just a show about Hollywood, and uh, yeah, I don't, I, you know, if you're curious, because if you like Alicia Vikander, just know what you're getting yourself into is some really, like, highbrow cinema stuff. You've been warned. So you're watching there the highbrow, you know. I'm watching the lowbrow, I'm watching <laughs> you, you, you rich go low, kids go climb high. trees. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm not, that's not at all this show. All right, well... That's this week's episode. You know where to find our all our episodes on our Podbean website or on Spotify or uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Email us at lordsgrantham at gmail.com. We have a Boom. Patreon as well. We'll be having a bonus episode for you soon. 
Um, aside from that, please leave us a five-star rating or review if you so choose, wherever That's you can. That's right. That's right. And if you don't listen to us on Spotify, we found out that you can't, if, you, if you're if you using another podcatcher to find us, uh, you can't just go on Spotify and rate us, and we understand that. But if you are, that five-star goes a long way. Send your send it to us directly over email, what, yeah. what your rating is. Oh, yeah. Just to let us know. Hashtag heard on us. the pod. <laughs> Hashtag heard it on the pod. All right. Catch you next time. Yeah.